Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. The weeks are getting exciting. Uh, you know, we had a big flare of Trump for four years, then things quieted down when Biden took over. Now we're getting some some inflammatory conversation here and there. It's not the garbage that Trump was throwing out. These these people are now fighting over legislation. You may not agree with the way the Republicans are doing it. I don't agree. I think Biden's doing a good job. He's got a tough job to do. Uh, but it's getting more and more exciting in the way it's supposed to be. That's the way government is supposed to run. You argue with each other. You compromise and come to some kind of a solution. We got a good. Inter- we have an interesting evening. We're going to go to Houston, San Francisco, New York City, Arizona, Rockland Key, five miles up the road, Rockland Key, Miami, Surfside, North Dakota, and North Korea. I want to start with the vaccine. Uh, we still have a significant number of people in the United States who have failed to get vaccinated. They're horses' asses. They want to die. They want to infect other people. They don't care. They know everything. Well, let me give you the most recent statistics, numbers that came out this past week. Of all the people who died, okay, in the last 30 days, in the hospital, got that? In the hospital, people who died in the hospital from coronavirus, all right, more than 99%, more than 99% were unvaccinated. In other words, if you went in and you were vaccinated, you either didn't go in or if you went in, you came out. Uh, these people didn't come out. Almost 100% of them died because they had not been vaccinated. Uh, how can you argue with numbers like that? How can you argue with numbers like that? Get vaccinated, okay? People, my friends who have not been vaccinated who may be listening, I'm sure you value your life. Value your life and value the life of others around you. You are not if you don't get vaccinated. Another interesting thing that came to light, uh, and this was yesterday, uh, on yesterday, it was announced by the CDC that it appears that Pfizer and Moderna, those vaccinated with Pfizer and Moderna may have, and I quote, lasting immunity, lasting immunity, which means they only have to get the shot once or twice how it's done uh, in one scenario, so to speak. And that's it for the rest of their life. Uh, they believe this is the way it's going to work based on other thing, other studies that they have done. We shall see. Whether it does or not is immaterial. Right now we know Vaccines will save your lives if you're not getting it. I can't believe it. I I can't believe people can be that stupid. And I I don't apologize because you're going to infect other people as well as killing yourself. If you have no respect for your own life, have respect for the lives of others. Now I want to continue with this coronavirus thing and the vaccine. I'm going to talk about obstinacy, obstinacy, people who are obstinate and won't take 
the vaccines, won't get vaccinated, don't want the shot. And here's the story, and this is a, this is a scary one because it involves medical personnel. The place is the Houston Hospital. The nurses down there sort of revolted. They refused to get vaccinated. Something like 170 refused to get vaccinated. These were nurses and other medical personnel. Uh, and finally, the hospital said, hey, look, you want to get vaccinated or you're out of your job. No problem. You must be vaccinated. We will not continue to retain you uh, in your present employment if you do not get vaccinated. Well, they got fired <laughs> because they didn't get vaccinated. 153 of the nurses and medical personnel brought a lawsuit in federal court, okay? And uh, they brought the lawsuit because they felt they were improperly uh, let go because they were not vaccinated. They did not believe that a person could be eliminated from their employment if they were not vaccinated. So 117 brought the lawsuit. Well, here's the story. Uh, their reasons for, they, they had reasons. I want to give you their reasons because they don't make real sense to me. These are the reasons why these nurses and other medical personnel did not wish to get vaccinated. They said, number one, anyone who's getting vaccinated today in the United States is being used as a guinea pig, guinea pig, because we're not certain yet that this thing is going to work and not be harmful. Uh, the other thing was they compared the vaccine to a medical experiment to a medical experiment, and they did not wish to be used without their consent in a medical experiment. And by not getting vaccine, they were exercising their right to refuse to what they considered an experiment. And their third reason was that forcing them to get vaccinated was no different than that which was done in Nazi concentration camps in Germany during World War II. Well, the federal judge wrote a long opinion. I can't recall her name, uh, but she threw the case out. She said, and the one she really nailed was this Nazi Germany concentration camp thing. It was ludicrous. In fact, she, she tore apart their three arguments and said, you either go to work or you're fired. These firings are valid. And that's the story there. Now, there's a similar type, not exact, going on in San Francisco. San Francisco has 37,000 municipal employees, 37,000 city employees. And they passed a law. They just passed it last week. It's an ordinance. It's a law that says 37,000 city employees, you must be vaccinated against COVID or you're out of a job. Within 10 days, you're gone if you don't get vaccinated. Well, No, I'm sorry, it wasn't 10 days. It was 10 weeks to get vaccinated. They have enough time. Uh, and they, they don't want to, and they didn't. Well, here's the story here. Uh, this is sort of a, somebody's being skillful and wordy, but they're not in danger of immediate dismissal from employment because the local ordinance in San Francisco reads that they must get vaccinated 
within 10 days of, and I quote, final approval by the FDA. Final being the key word, final approval by the FDA of the vaccine. Because here's what's happened. We have never had all the vaccine shots being given in this country. We have never had final approval by the FDA. Those shots, those vaccinations, and recall this, people were dying like crazy. So we went to an emergency use. We didn't test it uh, as as deeply as we normally would, but we had a problem. People were dying too quickly. And so... The vaccines presently being used, Pfizer, Moderna, all of them, are being used as, quote, emergency use vaccine, emergency use vaccine. So San Francisco is covering their ass saying we're trying to do the right thing. I don't know if their heart was in the right place, but they wanted to do something, and they did it, but it may take forever. Because even if tomorrow the FDA says, we finally approved these vaccines. They still, still got 10 weeks to make up their mind. And during that time, people get sick. People give the infection to other people. People die. Not right. Okay, we're going to go to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliano. Giuliani. This guy was a hell of a lawyer in his day. He's not anymore, of course. What was his day? Oh, his day goes back to the 70s. Uh, he was the um, he was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, the most powerful U.S. attorney seat in the United States. In those days, the mafia w- was the problem, the Italian mafia. He went after the big guys, the, the, the dons. He went after them ruthlessly. He didn't care, and he convicted most of them, and he tried the cases himself. He was the wonder guy. He was the great lawyer. Everyone loved him. And then came 9-11. My God, he was in the the Twin Towers. He was hiding under desks while he was going through helping to look for survivors. And then this man who lost, he lost, or what was lost was something like 2,800 policemen, firemen, and other first responders. He made it his business to go to the funeral service For each one of the dead. He may not have stayed long, but he was in and out. He made his appearance to all of them. them. America loved Rudy Giuliani. Now he leaves the job. And he senses he can make a dollar. He's a popular guy, so he's now a super-duper lawyer. But he, he tended more to go into the security business, and he was providing security to countries all over the world, to nations in Asia, Europe, all over the world making more money, unbelievable money, okay? And then he got into political people he was doing work for, and obviously Donald Trump. Well, someplace along the line, he forgot what truth was, and he forgot what his function was as a lawyer, and he seemed to be willing to say anything to succeed, maybe for the money he was being paid. I don't know, but all I know is this. He lied to judges, especially federal judges. He, in his paperwork, he lied. In his oral arguments before the judges, he made representations that weren't true. Like in one case, I mean, he, he went into court and said the ballots in a certain place that were for Trump were changed to Biden by an Italian satellite. <laughs> 
by an Italian satellite <laughs> that was shooting down on the, on these ballots from the, the high sky. And it's garbage like this, he's telling the judge. But, of course, he had no proof to back it up. Absolutely no proof. Conjecture. But he came up with these wild theories. They lost all 62 cases, as you recall. And Giuliani was in most of them. Uh, every judge that heard a case said, there's no basis to this. You make an allegation, you have no facts. Well, I kept saying, I've been saying for two years, this man's going to get sanctioned, disbarred. Whatever. I, 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 I was convinced he had to be sanctioned. Sanctioned is when, and this is especially in the federal system, a judge thinks you've been toying around with him. You have not been sincere with him. You have lied to him. You have misused the law. And Giuliani's guilty of all these things. So this judge finally said, I am suspending. This is a judge in, in the New York area, a federal judge. I am suspending your license to practice law, your New York state license. And that's all he has, the New York state license. You see, I have a New York state license. But I can practice in any state, just as he can, because you just go in and you get a local attorney to sponsor you for one case. And these were one-case things he was trying all over the country. And you can practice in any state. Now he can't practice anywhere. Uh, and again, it's because of the fraudulent statements he made in the lawsuits. Uh, I knew, I, I hate to say this again, I, I knew it was going to happen. It had to happen. If you conversed with any attorney who knew anything, he told you, he can't get away with this. He's doing wrong. Well, we'll see what happens now. He's going to get a hearing if the uh, suspension's correct, and the purpose of it will be the hearing to determine whether the suspension should be turned into a permanent one. I don't know. Let me say this to you. The smallest thing, the easiest penalty he can get is a sanction. A sanction is a dollar fine. And when you, you don't screw around with a federal judge, this is the only way I could say it. You don't screw around for a, with a federal judge. They're omnipotent. They do have power, and they exercise it. They, they just don't fool around. They nail you if you do something wrong. And he has done wrong here. Uh, and when he has his hearing, the, the least he can hope for will be a fine, which is called a sanction, and it's going to be a big fine. I would assume anywhere from 100000 to $500,000. I could go more. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm putting it into the hundred dollars to $500,000 range. Understand, during these four years he's been represented, Don, representing Donald Trump, he's been paid big money. Uh, Trump paid him sometime. He didn't times. He didn't pay him for the the last uh, case he had to handle because he wasn't happy with the result. Uh, something around January 6th. In any event, during that time, Giuliani had to keep rebilling him, and he says, "Hey, Donald, you're not paying me." This came out in the paper. And what was he charging Trump? He was charging Trump twenty thousand dollars a day. Now. I was a successful lawyer. I never made $20,000 a day. That's wild money. How many of you listening to me ever made $20,000 a day? Inconceivable money. But that's what he was trying to get out of Donald Trump. All right, now we're going to, uh, to Arizona. The audit 
We haven't heard about the audit in a couple of weeks, the Arizona audit. Well, we're reaching the point where members of the Republican Party in Arizona are getting disgusted with the audit. Would you believe it? This thing started out, what, three months ago in Maricopa County in Arizona. Maricopa is the largest county in Arizona. There were 2.1 million votes cast in Maricopa County. And those are the ballots that are being examined. Uh, Biden won, won the county. Uh, and those are the ballots that are being checked out. Well, they shouldn't be. The Arizona Senate did not have authority to say we're going to recheck the ballots because they'd already been checked a couple of times. They'd been certified. No question, Biden's president. No way, no way on God's earth uh, was Trump going to upset the election no matter what these people found. And to make a long story short, uh, they've done a lot of things with the machines. Uh, they've, done, they've done stupid things, like they had to take parts of the machines apart because they were looking for bamboo sticks, small bamboo sticks, because that would prove that China, <laughs> these ballots were screwed around with from China somehow. Uh, they're nuts. Uh, they also they recently sent the machines to Montana. Uh, because there was some place in Montana that could do a special scientific examination of every machine, Montana. Uh, they've taken the machines and they had to pack them and remove them from the building they're working in for three days because there was going to be a high school graduation. Uh, they took these machines apart while they were just counting the ballots. You can't do this because those machines are sacred. So what happened was, whether it's the Secretary of State or whoever handles elections in Arizona, said when this thing started, you will not be able to reuse these machines in the 2022 election because they've been screwed up, they've been misused, they've been abused, going to have to buy new uh, machines, new voting machines. And what's come out now, okay, it's understood that they're going to have to get new voting machines. And guess what? Do you know what the new voting machines cost? $6 million because of this foolishness. All right? Somehow, somehow, Arizona or somebody should force the people who are behind this move to check these ballots to pay the bill for the new machines. Otherwise, the taxpayers of Arizona are going to get stuck for $6 million. Now, uh, a new study came out, uh, it was either yesterday or Friday, about the involving the Arizona audit, and it said this. It said the individual voters, independent voters, independent voters. Now, you appreciate, I'm sure, that we now have really three parties in this country. You have the Democrats. You have the Republicans, and then those who are not registered with any party. They're referred to as independents. And I'm telling you, the independent voter block is larger than either the Democrat or Republican blocks. Okay? So they're a powerful group. And here's what the study indicated. The independent voters of Arizona of now, this is now, not three months ago, now oppose the controversial recounting of ballots 
by a wide margin, by a wide margin. And the study also revealed that one half of the voters in Arizona are now opposed to the recount effort. This includes all of them, the three parties as I describe them as parties. Isn't that amazing? Wasn't this way three, four, five months ago? Okay. A top Republican operator, a top GOP operator in Arizona is Sean Noble. And Sean said this past week, and I quote, it's a failure. It's a joke. Quote, unquote. It's a failure. It's a joke. He was referring to the audit. And it is. It is all this time and money wasted and all because Donald Trump kept saying the election, you know, uh, it, it was illegitimate. They rigged it. And people bought this line of crap. I've got to say it that way. I'd use a stronger word, but I don't want to. It's crap. It's pure, unadulterated crap. They bought it. They believed it. And many of them, they, I read something recently that a third of the people in this country still believe that Trump was defrauded by the election. Uh, the ballot, balloting was rigged. How can you believe this? Uh, they, they, I don't know why they love this guy so much, because he's the Pied Piper when he was leading the kids. He let them off a cliff, and these people are going to go off a cliff at some point in time. Now I want to talk about something that I just learned about this morning, and I don't agree with it. Uh, and it's something, normally, you know, I, I accept the black people have been discriminated against. They've been abused, et cetera, everything. And they are entitled to their day. Uh, and I can't blame them for trying to say, now's the time you, you were going to do it this, you were going to do it that, and you never do anything. You know, we want equal rights. And I can't argue with that. However, this is what happens. This is what happened yesterday. There is a university called Townsend, T-O-W-S-O-N, Townsend University, and it held a symposium. And the symposium was entitled Anti-Racist Pedagogy Symposium. What a big name. Anti-Racist Pedagogy Symposium. Uh, and this is basically what it was. Uh, Black professors, black students, black young people, they said, you know, we blacks have our own language. It's the language of the streets. It's not smooth and defined as the English language, but we have our own language that blacks across the country understand when we speak. We also have a writing. You know, we write with words that come, would come out of a black dictionary if there were one. And people who read it who are black understand it. And it's wrong that our language, our black language, our black writings, are not used in, in colleges. They want it used in colleges. And they want it, they believe that eventually people will understand this in the country, even though we're black and white, we'll speak the black language and read the black language. And they're hot on this thing. They are hot. And I wrote about this this morning. And I normally would be supportive of, of a black issue, but I can't be supportive of this one. Uh, don't forget, you've had Obama, you've had judges, uh, Supreme Court judges, uh, Eric Holder, Attorney General of the United States, black men. 
They didn't have the black language that helped them get elected. They didn't put out writings using this black language. Uh, you can do it here. My sense is this. The blacks who are taking this position want to be white. It's the only way I can put it. They want to be white. Nothing wrong with it because they see the whites have everything. They want a piece of the action. I believe everyone's entitled to sit at the table and eat black, white, purple, green. However, if you want it and you want that life, you have to be assimilated. You have to work to be like the people you want to be like. In other words, the blacks should work at acquiring and learning white traits and the way white people do things, if that's the lifestyle they want. They're handling this the wrong way. It's not going to go anywhere, I don't think. They, for some reason, refuse to adopt white methods, and that's the way they're going to achieve the success they want rather than say, we have our own language on the street, blacks understand it, we can read this language, etc., which now, now, this is a beauty I'm going to talk about. Now, this is really a beauty. It had to happen. It's happened in uh, bathrooms and grammar schools, I guess, maybe even in high schools. Uh, I'm going to be talking about LGBT. There is a spa in Los Angeles called the Y Spot, W-I, Y Spot. Now, for about 15 years back in the 70s and 80s, I went to a spa once or twice a year, every year. My whole life I've got a weight problem. I have to watch. I have to fight it. I died. I go to La Costa, just outside San Diego, for a week, 10 days or two weeks. I don't even lose a pound a day. But I was, by the way, 600 calories a day was how much food I got. And I exercised from 9 in the morning to 5 in the evening. And you went from one exercise to the other. Uh, always moving, and, uh, well, I, I come home, and that, that exercise and the way I ate, really, helped me for about two months. I ate much less, and I was able to hold that uh, pound a day off, and then it started coming back. It always came back, so I used to go back to La Costa. That was my crutch. So, what am I going to talk about now? Spas. I know about spas. I've been to spas in other parts of the country also. And a spa has a female section and a male section. The males don't see the females, and the females don't see the males. One reason, and probably the primary reason, is everyone's bare-ass. The men don't dress, the women don't dress, everybody walks without clothes on. Because the whole purpose of a spa is you're going to be in a pool doing exercise, you're going from hot water to cold water doing exercises, you're always in the shower, you're getting a massage, you're getting a facial. Who wears clothes? Nobody wears clothes. You take off all your clothes and you walk around. Now, we have men who believe they are women, and we have women who believe they are men. They're just in the wrong body. We all understand this, and we accept this, and we want to help these people. Uh, Something like 3% of our population is that way. Well, at this spa, on the female side, in walks a person with a male body. No clothes on, and his woman, one woman said, and I quote, his dick, that's how she described it, was swinging left to right. A mother that was there with three teenage daughters. Everybody's bare ass, understand. Black, female, <laughs> uh, male. And this guy's in the female section again. And she yells out, he has a penis. <laughs> Terrible. 
Well, it became an issue. It became an issue between the gentleman who thought he was a woman and so he could walk bare ass in the female section, the spa who had to make a decision which way they were going to go, and the women that didn't want him in their section. The spa sided with the, the gentleman uh, who thought he was a woman. And they said, this is the way it is today. He thinks he's a woman. He can use the female section. And that's the story there. It had to happen. It just had to happen. All right, where are we going here? Cockfighting. Cockfighting. Every four or five years, we have a cockfighting arrest here in the Keys. We just had one uh, yesterday, five miles from where I'm sitting right now in Rockland Key. I can't go into the whole thing right now because I don't have the time. But a guy was raising chickens. He was training them, and he was holding cockfighting fights. And people would pay to go and watch them. These things are always in the woods, and the mangroves, you really can find them. Uh, and they found another one. They arrested the guy, and he's going to do time. This is not good stuff. That's all I want to tell you. It's not accepted anywhere in the country. Cockfighting is illegal in every state. Even spectators can be arrested in 43 of our states. Now, my friends, that is the show for this week. That's it, folks. Uh, I thank you for joining me. and I say thanks again. I just love the fact you, you follow the show. And I keep saying that my numbers go every, up every week. Not dramatically, but I'm on an increase every week for years. So they've gotten up there. And I, I love it. And I thank you for it. And I wish you a good night. A very good night. Okay? And I look forward to being with you again next week.